0: I want to speak to you out of this passage for a little bit. This is our assignment today, Genesis 12, 1 through 5. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of the country and from thy kindred. He's telling him to leave everything that's familiar, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Everybody say, I will I will be a blessing. Everybody say, everywhere I go, God wants me to be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. You don't have to say that part, but I will bless them that bless You're so willing, so willing. I love it. And curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Everybody say, as the Lord spoke. It's important to follow the voice of the Lord. As the Lord spoke unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was seventy and five years old. Everybody say he was old. Seventy five years old. God's starting him all over again. And when he had departed out of Haran and gathered, and Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son. And all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Jesus, we ask you to bless the hearing and the word of the Lord as we go forward here today. We ask you to move in Jesus' precious name. Everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Now I'm going to give you a warning, ladies. I'm going to sneak up on you at the end of this message with a video that's going to jar your emotions. And so I'm just going to warn the ladies, okay? Because um, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be not unwarned, un- unwarned. So I was like, you know what? I need to tell the guys also that I'm going to sneak up on them with a decision. Because us guys, sometimes we need to make a choice and the choice is necess- not necessarily Always clear in front of us, but I want you to know that today we're gonna have a motion and we're gonna have a choice to make. And the choice is simple. Sometimes God gives directions without details, amen. And that's what I want to talk about today, that God sent Abraham out without direction without details. He just said go. How many have ever had God tell you to go and you didn't have all the details? Some of you, amen, amen. You know what I'm talking about. God will do that and you have to trust him enough and surrender your life to him enough to walk with him even though you're leaving a place that's uh, maybe even familiar. Maybe it's not a bad place. Maybe God's not calling you from a place where right now you're in a good place. Maybe you have a good job. Maybe you have a good situation going, but God is calling you out of that situation. This is kind of the story of Abraham. There's a lot of stories in history that you can go back to, and you can see people that are leaving bad situations, and they're going to another place, and even though it's going to be a harsh land, it's going to be a difficult life, and there's maybe even some lives going to be lost along the way, the end result is going to be better than the punishment and the tyranny that they they're under where they're at. So they will break out and go to this new land or this new place because they know that eventually, though it be great toil and though it be great suffering uh, suffering, eventually it's going to be better there with religious freedom or or with something that they have not had where they are. So they break out. This history's full of people like that, but that's not the story with Abraham. With Abraham, it's a story where he's in a wealthy place. He's in a land that he's familiar with. It's, it's skin and kin to him, amen? It's what he's used to. And God said, look, I, I'm going to pull you out of a good thing, and I'm going to take you to a better thing, amen? Sometimes God doesn't give us details because if he gave us the details, we'd argue with him about the directions, How many have ever done that? How many many have ever just argued with God a little bit on the inside? Maybe not not out loud, but you just said, Lord, I don't know if that's the best thing for me. I'm not sure that's the right thing that I should do. The natural man will sometimes argue with the details. So God will omit them and say, just trust me and walk anyways. Anybody ever have a walk with God that needed so much trust that you didn't have anything other than just the next step? You literally had the path in front of you that God put you on, and you said, I'm just going to keep Walking till he shows me, amen. I'm going to keep walking till he shows me his way. And so, Abraham did that and he left everything that he knew. But spiritually, he was becoming the father of the faithful, spiritually, he was becoming the God man that he was supposed to be. And God changed his name to Abraham and changed his wife's name to Sarah, which means God's princess. And God gave him directions without details until the details showed up in his life. And he was blessed by it. And Galatians says, if you belong to Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In other words, when God promised Abraham, if you'll walk without clear detail, if you'll go with my direction and not my details, I promise you that the blessings on your life are going to bring forth heirs as the sand of the sea and as the stars of the sky and though he did not see it we all sit here today grafted into Christ Jesus through water baptism and infilling of the Holy Ghost we are heirs with Christ and in being heirs with Christ we are now also known as the children of the faithful in other words we are grafted into the the root Abraham's seed and we're heirs according to the promise that God gave to Abraham, and sometimes people take us back to the day of Pentecost, and they should, and sometimes people take us back to Acts 2.38 and the experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they should, but that's not where we need to stop. We need to go all the way back to the promises of Abraham and understand that when we listen to the voice of God, we are given literally everything the church was handed in the New Testament and everything Abraham was handed in the Old Testament. Amen, somebody. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. That he's going to keep you. And he's going to guide you. And that his voice will never lead you astray. You see, Terah took them and they went out of Ur the Chaldees, a place where they offered children To their God and things of that nature. And I wonder if maybe, just maybe, God didn't ask him to bring Isaac to an altar to ask him if you're willing to give to me what the people around you were willing to give to their God. I wonder if God ever puts you in a place where he's asking you, are you willing to give to me as much as you were willing to give to your party life I wonder if you're willing to give to me as much as you were willing to give to your workaholic life I wonder if you're willing to give to me some things that maybe you did for other reasons but now you're walking with God would you give me all of yourself and really the only place that you can do that is by listening to his voice and obeying it by listening to his word and obeying it that is how you prove to God look I can't tell you where it happened I just know it happened that one day I decided that it may have been the smallest Decision, and it may not have been really something where it, it 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 made such an impact, but I can tell you this: the smallest decision to walk after the voice of God and to follow his word made the biggest difference in my life. It's a small decision, but it has cataclysmic impact. And so they settled. They left Ur the Chaldees, all of them, but they didn't go to the Promised Land. They settled in Huron. And Horon literally means a dry place. HAS GOD EVER CALLED YOU OUT OF A DRY PLACE? Now, I know that maybe it seemed like he was a wealthy man, and he had so many great things going, but in the spiritual sense and the understanding of Scripture, God was actually calling out him out of what everyone else says was good, but actually, spiritually, it was a dry place to God, and he said, I'm going to bring you to a place that, that allows you to bow your knee to me. I'm going to bring you to Canaan, which translates literally a low place, a humility, a place where you bow your knee, and so he said, I'm going to take you out of what everybody." Says is good, but it's actually a very dry place. anybody ever been there? Everything around you looks right. The bank account looks right. Everything you drove here in a nice car. You didn't get out of air conditioning. You just went through different environments of air conditioning. You know what I'm saying? Everything is good in your life. There's really no problems, but you, for some reason, there's a dryness in your soul. There's a dry place. There's a wilderness you're living in. And God said, if you will come to a low place, I'm going to call you out of what everyone says is good, and it's going to look like like you're going to a lower place, but really it's a place where you learn to bow your knee to my word and to bow your knee to my voice. And if you do that, I will change your destiny. I will change everything about your family landscape if you will learn to walk with me and leave maybe what people call good for something so much better. It's a small decision, amen, but it makes a big impact. That name that is above every name, is the name that everyone's going to bow to someday. And I choose to bow now. I choose to bow every morning. Some people, some people text me because they know I pray from 6 to 7. And if I sleep in, I pray from 6.15 to 7. <laughs> <laughs> I'm human too, okay. Sometimes it is, okay, sometimes it's 7.45 to, you know, 6.45 to 7. No. But usually my, my body will not let me sleep past that because I, I know I have this internal alarm clock that says I need to be with the Lord. And I just go over to my closet and I open my prayer closet and there's the calendar and there's my prayer list. And I have a sleeping bag in there from Alaska. Yes, praise God. And I just settle in. And sit on my safe and worship the Lord and praise him. And I'm only there, not because I'm not tired, not because I'm not fatigued from a different day, but I'm there to hear the voice of God for that day. I need to hear from him every day. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen? We need an interactive relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what allows me to have this low place in my life, this moment where I humble myself and I can bow before his name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Amen. You might be called out of some really great things, but you learn how to bow the knee before Jesus and that's an even better thing. For your life of the things in heaven and the things in earth and things under the earth, the scripture says in Philippians 2, 10 and 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. He will never be. He will never be far from you when you seek him, even though you don't have the details. He's a how many know that God's a good shepherd? You know, he's a good shepherd. I brought my shepherd's staff. I never got to this last week, Brother Steve. But the Lord put it back into this sermon because I guess he wants somebody to hear about this. I don't really like the flavor of the Manitowoc minute, but I do like the saying he has of keep her moving. Anybody ever heard that, the Uper talk? He's like, let's two tree ones keep her moving, yo. Yeah, yeah. Have you, anybody ever heard Upper Peninsula talk? It sounds hilarious. Yeah, there, hey, yeah. Okay, a few of you. Some of you I've just completely lost in this sermon at this point. But I like the statement that he has, keep her moving. He put it on T-shirts, and he kind of trademarked it. He's not really a clean fella. He's, He's just an entertainer. But I want you to know that that is what God wants you to do. He wants you to seek his voice and keep moving in the direction that he calls you to or that he speaks to you in. Shepherd's staff is a very interesting thing. He says... In John 10, 27 through 28, my sheep know my voice. You have to understand something about God, and this is really the the heaviest teaching part is God wants to collaborate with you in your life. Ever since Moses came down from the mountain and he had those tablets and he got really irritated and he threw them down. He's the only guy that broke all ten commandments at once. But the Lord took him back up and hewn the rock and they said, Okay, now we're gonna write. And he had him be involved in the writing of the the Ten Commandments again. And from that point on in Scripture, God has always collaborated with man. He's always wanted to work together with man. And then he put his gospel in the church. And he said, I want you to go and teach and preach it. He's collaborative. So you have to understand that when you're walking with God, You know that you are going to have moments where God's going to give you blessings, but He's not going to give you complete blessings. He wants you to work it out. He's going to give you the the opportunity for the interview, but you have to finish out the resume, and you have to get up and get showered and smelling good, looking good, and get there on time. That pinky one that'll kill you on time. God's collaborative. He'll bless you, but His blessings are not complete until you get involved. Do you understand what I'm saying? He'll bless you through other people, but you have to pursue relationship with other people for those blessings to come through. You also have to understand that God will always do what he wants to do, but he likes to use you to do it. And that's a beautiful thing, that the God of all creation, spin and planet, says, I want you, and I want to help you, but I want you to help me help you. I want you to go with me. I want you to walk and I'm going to direct you with the staff. I'm going to be your shepherd, and I'm going to guide you. And when you get off, I'm just going to push you back over on the paths of righteousness. I'm going to keep you. He's going to use that shepherd's staff, that shebet, and he's going to use that to guide you. He gave them manna in the wilderness. You know what manna tastes like? The Bible says wafers and honey. We have some of that after for our donuts. We have wafers and honey for you. Came to get some manna. Come on, friends, Sunday, we'll have donuts. They're close to manna. It tastes like, I, I don't know if that's bad to you, but I think wafers and honey sounds pretty good. How about you? That's some good eating. But it wasn't bread. And so they took it and they pounded it and they made it into bread. And bread is what sustained them. They collaborated with God. You have to collaborate with God in your life. If you just sit around and swing legs waiting on Jesus, well, Jesus can't do it. He gonna show up. Yes, he does show up. But a lot of times the miracle happens when you enjoin with the miracle. Is anybody listening to me today? Am I okay? That is the teaching part of understanding that he is a good shepherd. He will not walk the path for you, but he will give you the path. You have to collaborate with him. If he gives you the opportunity to witness, he'll open the door But you have to have already put the Bible study lesson together. You have to do the study. You have to be in the word. You have to be willing to do it. God will give you so many opportunities, but you have to be guided by his voice. And then from his voice, you have to walk into the blessings. So he's, he's the voice that we need to listen to. He's the directions. And then he gives us the details as we honor him and obey him and walk toward what he's given us. When he opens the door, brothers and sisters, walk through it. And if he doesn't open the door, it might mean it's not your door. Just dance in the hallway. Thank you, Jesus. All these doors are shut. Sooner or later, one's going to open, and it's going to have your name on it. And God will make sure you know it. You're not going to miss the will of God when you love Jesus. You're not going to miss it. You literally cannot. He'll come back around. He calls again. He'll call and he'll call again. He's got call waiting. He'll just wait on you till you get in the right place and you're ready to listen to the voice of God. But understand that he, some people think that God's, you know, God's this big ogre in heaven right? and he beats you into submission. That's not what God, the picture of God is. The picture of God is that he's a good shepherd and that he uses different things to guide you. He leads you to the rivers when your soul is thirsty, according to Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's the first thing David said. You won't want when you walk with Jesus Christ and let him shepherd your life, and you listen to his voice. I remember watching a YouTube video of of a shepherd, and he's standing with several people, and they're all at the edge of the fence, and he goes, okay, yell out to him, tell him to come here. They're like, hey, sheep, sheepy, 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 come here. And the sheep are, like, eating, and they don't even lift their head. He's like, well, they can't hear me. And so then he says, hey, yell louder. Hey, sheep, woo-hoo, come get it. And he's, like, pretending like he's got food. The sheep just, a couple of them look up and go, I don't care about that guy. Then he goes, now watch this. He goes, hey, sheep. And they all just lift their head and start running toward the fence. Because they know the shepherd's voice. They know the tone. They know the inflection. They know that that voice means that he keeps me and he guides me and he helps me. When God speaks to you, whether he's chastening you or he's leading you into blessed victory, it's always going to be good for you. Amen? Because unless you have been guided by the voice long enough to know that his correction makes you more his son and daughter, then you will not trust the voice. But we trust the voice of the Lord to lead us, amen? We trust the voice of the Lord because it has led us. It's led us into rest, amen, somebody. It's led us into all goodness and mercy following us, amen? It's led us to places where we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And not just now, but all the days of my life. And David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He loved the house of God so much that he said, I'm going to dwell in the place where God dwells. The illustration of the staff in Scripture is often used, you know, this staff was used for many different things. The shepherd had three real main reasons for using it, and the staff is first because you're leading sheep out in the country, and... Um, it's rocky ground, it's hard ground, and he would kind of just guide them. So the picture of the shepherd is not one that is behind the sheep, you know, beating them like a, like a dog chasing sheep to, to herd them. It's a picture of, of Jesus being right down in the middle of everything. And he's walking with the sheep and they're all around him. And he's like, no, 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 over here. He's like, hey, 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 this way. He taps them with the with the staff. And so the direction of the staff is actually a comfort to the sheep. Yeah, have you ever, seen, ever heard somebody see a, a child that's just going absolutely nuts in the grocery store? And they're like, well, spare the rod, spoil the child. Have you ever seen someone say that? And they don't even understand the purpose of the shepherd's staff when they say those things. I know that's in Proverbs. But if you study it, there's only a few places. In fact, it's a tertiary. Tertiary? Is that a word? <laughs> Is it before noon yet? Oh, I just hit noon. I can use tertiary. It's a big word. That's an afternoon word. It's down a ways in the translation that it translates to club. But it it was never meant for for us to take an illustration like this and say God beats people with sticks. That's not what it means. And when it says spare the rod, spoil the child, what it's actually saying is if there's no guidepost for your children... You will not have to spank them or corporal punishment as much as if you constantly direct them and you constantly guide them. And when they feel the staff on them, they don't duck. They don't feel like, hey, I'm being punished. They feel like, hey, I'm being directed. Hey, I'm being guided. Stay within this area. Stay within these parameters. Don't go out of this space because it's dangerous for your heart, your mind, and your life. And you give them directions, and sometimes you can't give them details. So they have to understand that they can trust the voice that's, being, that's guiding them because you can't give them details. There are situations in your life where as children of God, not just your children, but us as the children of God, Well, we have to trust that this and this guidance that's going on in our life is for our benefit, and we will not be given the details, but we will be given the direction. Amen? And we have to be comforted by the direction of the Word of God. We have to be comforted by the direction of the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody? We have to be comforted that this is not a punishment. When God says you shouldn't be here, when God says you shouldn't do this, it's not a correction. It's not a cramp on your lifestyle. It is Literally, God's sparing you from grief and from hurt and from pains down the road. It's from the, it's from the literal translation of, of the staff that God uses to guide us. And number two, it's also used as a weapon against those that come against the sheep. Sheep are not a good illustration for people. We just, I, I don't like it. It is a good illustration, but it's, I don't like it because um, sheep are pretty dumb. A herd of sheep will get spooked in a hailstorm and run out to the corner fence and all gather in a corner and die freezing to death, all of them. Not one of them die frozen to death, and they go, well, that's bad. Let's go back to the barn. None of them do that. They'll stand there and gather together to the loss of their life. I saw something online, and it was a bunch of sheep that were lined up, and they were just lined up in a row, and there was a gate here, and the gate was open, and sheep were going through the gate, like if going down this middle aisle. And there were sheep all lined up, and there were thousands of sheep lined up on both sides. And and they were all funneled to this gate, and they were all going through the gate. And it says, Now look at the picture closely. And it literally is like the sheep are lined up facing the gate, just trying to get to the gate. We're just, we just, till I get to the gate. And they're all backed up. And you look at the picture more closely, he says, look very carefully, there is no fence. There literally was no fence, but they were lined up like there was a fence because this is what they were used to. They would all funnel and go through the gate, even though they could all just turn and walk. But they wouldn't do it because they were used to going through the gate. If you can train people to do it one way, they will be stuck in that one way until the Lord changes their mind, Amen. And sometimes we think there's fences in place and there never has been a fence there. There's never been a blockage. There's never been something stopping us from doing what God is calling us to do. But we think we have to go this one way because maybe that's how we were taught or that's how things were were always done this way. Well, maybe there's a difference that the Holy Ghost says, why don't you break out and go this direction? Why don't you let the Lord lead you into this direction? And maybe God will use you in a very special way, different from anyone else because he's called you that direction. But if you're not being guided by the voice of the Lord, that can be a dangerous thing because some people think they hear the voice of the Lord and it contradicts this word and that will never be the voice of the Lord. His voice will never contradict what this says. That's why you need to know the word. You need to hide it in your heart. So when you hear voices that are not in line with the word of God, you know that's not God speaking. You need to know that. When you hear fear from different places of our culture, and there's so many voices speaking right now, you need to know what the voice of the Lord is and what the voice of fear is. You need to know what the voice of the Lord is, and you need to know the voice of culture. You need to know what the voice of the Lord is when he says, go this way, and you say, yes, Lord, I will. You can trust the voice of the Lord. Amen? Because he's guiding you every day. Sometimes, on the third reason the shepherd would need a staff is sometimes sheep have a mind of their own. <laughs> they aren't always easily corrected, but they do need correction. I, I'm glad that I'm an under-shepherd. I'm, I'm thankful for all of you, but I, I also know that I cannot lead where I don't go. And I can't tell you to be led by the staff of the Lord or by the word of the Lord if I'm not led by it myself. And there's nothing more valuable to me than the Word of God and my time with Him. Because I need correction. All of us need correction. We can get off and not know it. We can be deceived and not know it till we're till we're set free from that deception. And then we look back and go, Whoa, how did I believe that? The greatest prayer you can pray is, Lord, don't let me be deceived. Guide me and keep me from being deceived. I feel like Gandor. you shall not pass I feel like the Lord is saying to somebody today that Jesus is that staff in your life he's that guiding voice he's that guiding and directing you spirit that gets you back to the flock and keeps you in line of course these are the things that Jesus does as our shepherd we know that he'll tell you to stay with me To stay with me. I know it doesn't look like it. See, there's a lot of voices that come up on the path of righteousness. There's voices that say, hey, there's an easier way. Hey, you don't have to do it like this. Hey, you can go this direction, but what you don't know is that direction leads to a pack of wolves. And I want to tell you, you need a pastor in your life. Self-serving, it seems, but I want you to know that I need a pastor in my life. Everybody needs a pastor in their life because pastors keep you safe when wolves are around. And it's only a wolf in sheep's clothing that will tell you not to listen to your pastor. Choosing to follow his voice is the smallest decision that makes the biggest difference. I wonder if we could listen to the voice of the Lord today. I have a video that I brought with me that's going to talk to us and remind us that we find health and we find safety and we find guidance and we find deliverance when we walk after and listen to the voice of the Lord. And it is a privilege, it is a blessing to be guided by God's word and his voice. Your neighbors may not understand it, people around you may not know why do you go to church so much but when we get here at some moment God is gonna speak and he's going to give you a word that you need and you're gonna walk away saying had it not been for the Lord where would I be where would I be we play this video at this time and we're gonna turn the lights down as we watch it
1: I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit we're way out in the Aleutian Islands getting ready to leave and go back to anchorage and then home and i had a ticket in my pocket to get on an airplane the pastor came up and he said listen i can save you money i said how's that he said i flew a small airplane up here and i fly a small airplane and i can take you in my little airplane and you can save your ticket and this did not sound i said chief thank you so very very much But I've got this ticket, we'll just make our way on home, me and this other lawyer with me. He said, no, 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 you got to do it, you got to do it. And against every better judgment I had, I said, okay. Well, we went out to the airport, took us by his little plane, and I looked at it. And I thought, well, one good thing, it's shiny. Then he walked around it. We got in. He's on the left front, I'm on the right front. The other lawyer's sitting right behind me. And he started it up and it started up just fine. Well, we taxied out. I said, should we pray? He said, yeah, that's a good idea. We normally don't. I said, well, this time we're gonna. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I prayed five, eight minutes. I prayed a long time. We went and got on the runway. He starts down the runway. The plane lifted off ever so gently and we start climbing and it's wonderful. Not a problem in the world. We started climbing and we flew probably three, four minutes And something happened that will never leave my mind. The pilot turned to me and he said, we're going in the clouds and I can't fly in clouds. They make me pass out. I said, clouds make you do what? (laughs) Now it's been cloudy all day. And we go right up into the clouds and you can't see anything. And he looks at me and his eyes roll back in his head. And he starts mumbling, and he passes out, passed out cold. Now I grabbed him and I shook him and I said, come on, you gotta wake up so I can kill you. Now we're in the clouds flying along with no pilot. And my friend in the back seat said, we're dead, aren't we? I said, there's a very good chance of that, yes. He said, what are we gonna do? I said, I don't know. But there was a radio right there and I handed him the microphone and I said, start asking for help. So he's in the back seat reaching up and he said, hello, hello. We didn't know any proper radio etiquette. All we were saying was hello. And somebody answered back, hello, hello, don't you guys know proper radio etiquette? And I said, give me. I said, we don't know nothing. Tell him we're in an airplane with a passed out pilot and we don't know how to fly this plane. The guy said, I'm a freighter flying out of Anchorage on the way to Tokyo. And he said, you're telling me you have nobody who can fly that plane with you? I said, tell him that's correct. Now you got to understand, I am sweating bullets. He said, the first thing I'm going to do is start circling so I don't lose you because I'll fly out a range of your radio and you won't have me anymore. And he said, I'm going to get Anchorage emergency for you. And Anchorage emergency will be the people that can maybe help you try to save your life. After about five minutes, Anchorage came on and said, we understand you have a passed out pilot. And those of you do not know how to fly that plane. We said, that's right. They said, well, the first thing we got to do is find you. And I'll never forget what this man at Anchorage said. He said, my job is to get you home safe. He said, that's my job. But he said, here's the deal. If you want me to get you home safe, you got to promise me you'll obey my voice. He said, you can't see me, but I can see you. And he said, if you're not going to obey my voice, you're going to die. When you can't see anything, you have no idea how disorientated you become. Finally, he said, okay, I found you. Now hear me clear. He said, you're four minutes from a mountain. He said, you're going to crash in that mountain and die. Follow my voice. I never said... I have to follow your voice. Is that reasonable? You see, I understood without his voice, I had nothing. And do you understand? Without God's voice, you have nothing, nothing. Finally, he got us turned. And he said, I'm freezing all the traffic in the area. He said, it's gonna take me an hour and a half to get you to Anchorage. And there's a lot of weather between you and Anchorage. You're in for a rough ride. And he said, I want you to hear me. I don't want you to look at what's going on outside. I don't want you to pay attention to the storm, just my voice. He said, if you start watching the storm, you will die. But I'll take you through it. Now, because they cleared all the traffic, several pilots, those nighttime freighters, those 747s started talking to us. They said, we're praying for you, men. you're going to make it, but listen to the voice, that's the key, they said trust the voice, you realize your head is full of voices, and everybody in this world wants to talk to you, and everybody wants to be the controlling voice, and God says, I want you to be a living sacrifice, I want you to put yourself on the altar and let my voice be your voice, finally we went through the worst of the weather, but there was still more. And then the voice came back and it said, now I'm gonna line you up. He said, I'm gonna bring you in right down the runway. And at the foot of the runway are some lights and they're in the form of a cross. He said, don't you forget this. The cross is the way home. Finally, he's bringing us down. We still can't see anything. And all he kept saying is stay with me. My sheep, the Bible says, hear my voice, and they follow me. Finally, just a couple hundred feet off the ground, we saw the cross. I landed the plane. In fact, I landed it seven times. Finally, it all came to a stop, and the minute we stopped, the pilot woke up. The voice said, thanks for listening. I watch them crash and burn all the time because they won't follow my voice. They don't understand I'm the one who can see them even when they can't see me. But they get the voices in their head and they kill themselves. They self-destruct. Thanks for listening to The Voice. Then they put us in a motel room in about four in the morning. The knock at my door. And I opened the door and a man was standing there. He said, hello, David. He said, you're The Voice you're the one who got me home he said I am do you understand one day you're going to stand before him and say you were the voice you're the voice that brought me home if you're not on that altar as a living sacrifice your head's full of voices and then we wonder why kids crash and burn We wonder why marriages are shattered. And the Lord's saying, I'm the one who has the voice. All I can remember is that voice saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't listen to what's going on in your head and don't watch the storm. Stay with me. And I'll take you through. Tonight you have a God who has promised to take you through.
0: Would you stand with me? We need to let truth lead the way. He's promised to take you through. Would you bow your heads with me, Jesus? I pray that someone in here would hear your voice today, would hear your guiding. I know you've been guiding them a long time. But would you give them strength? Would you let their life bow before your guiding voice today? Help them to stay with you when others tell them there's a better way. Lord God, would you let truth lead the way on their job and their life and their family? Would you let them have the ability to surrender their will and bow their knee to your name and to your word? Would you give them strength? you let them walk with you in truth, Lord Jesus. Lord, we have no no recourse. We have no place to go, the disciples said, except for to follow you, for only you have the words of life, and we don't want to crash and burn. We don't want to self-destruct. We don't want to hate or disrupt our lives because we are bitter against the correction of the Lord. Help us not to walk away in any way, Jesus, but to walk towards you. For every promise is faithful. Every person in here has a promise over their life that you can keep them and you can hold them. And you have a name that no grave can hold. So no matter the destruction that has come from choices in this room or the circumstances or consequences represented in the people that are here, I pray you cover them in the blood of Jesus right now and you recover your people with your voice. I pray in the name of Jesus that you call us out of places that we've been and let us walk with you. Help us to put the details on the altar. And just follow your direction today, Jesus. Be our good shepherd, I pray. Lead us to the paths of righteousness. Lead us to still water for the thirsty places of our souls. Let us lay down in green pastures, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Anybody want to take a moment and just break your will and bow your knee? At this altar, would you put the details? I don't know what's coming in your life. I don't know what's next. I don't know the big decisions you've made, and you re- you don't really know how they'll all turn out. But I wonder if maybe you'll just come and bow before the Lord and say, "I will humble myself." Come on, Abraham. Come to Canaan today. Come hear the voice of the Lord speak over your life. This is a moment of surrender. It's a moment of surrender. Lord, I surrender all every day. Help me to walk with you every day. Help me to not resent your voice, Lord God, for it is what's given me hope in life. I recommit my life to your voice. I recommit my life to your word. I'm asking. If you don't want to come down and pray, would you just... Be seated for a few minutes and pray where you are. Create an altar space where you are. Lead us, Lord. Lead us, Lord. Lead us, Lord. Come on, somebody. I need your voice in my life, Jesus. I need your voice guiding me, Jesus. I'm okay with you guiding me, Lord. I'm okay with your direction. I'm okay not knowing where this is all leading. But I'm okay with trusting you with my future because you buried my past in the blood of the Lamb. I'm okay with trusting you with my future because you handled my past. I'm okay with giving you my tomorrows because you came with me on your mind and died for me you gave your life that i could live i'll follow your voice follow your voice and when your grace is enough it covers everything today is a decision moment i decide it may feel like a small decision in this room right now but really it's cataclysmic it's it's a great decision it has great impact I'm choosing you from this day forward, God. I'm not going to walk by my own feelings. I'm not going to walk by the voices around me. I'm not going to walk by the voices that say I'm not good enough, the voices that say that I'm not worthy. I bind that in the name of Jesus. I bind every voice outside of the voice of the Lord, every condemning voice that says you're not worthy. I bind that voice in the name of Jesus. I speak back against the voices of the enemy in every life in this room and online and I speak health and hope into their life right now in the name of Jesus. I counteract the words of the enemy in any way, shape, or form with the living name of Jesus Christ over them right now in Jesus' name. It will counteract any any weapon of the enemy. It will be formed, but it will not prosper in the name of Jesus right now that you bring home children, that you bring home your daughter and your son in the name of Jesus. If our hearts been away from you, God... Let our heart bow the knee today in Canaan. Let us come to a low place where there's a high decision made to serve you and to walk with you all day, the days of our life. Jesus. 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 I will follow your voice. It's not too much to ask. I know that voice is leading me away from certain disaster. I will follow your voice, Jesus. Direct me, Lord. I give you the details. You can take care of it. Just promise me you'll give me the path that's lighted before me. Just give me the direction, Lord. And I'll trust you with everything else.